This is Infection, the survival podcast recorded live on Tuesday, February 1st, 2022, episode 368. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of Infection, the survival podcast. Infection is your source for the latest information on survival video games. My name is Nick Craig. You can follow me on various social media platforms by heading on over to my website, nickcraig.net, and check out the Wilmington's Morning News podcast. Dark and early every morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. You can check that out by searching Wilmington's Morning News on your favorite podcast app or heading to nickcraig.com. But don't worry, it's not all about me. We got to go to infectionpodcast.com where you'll find all of our, at least most of our uh, episodes. And you also find out a little bit more about the show, including my co-host joining us as he does each and every week, Brian with an I, Aldrich. Hello, Brian. How are you? I'm doing very well. And I'll here I'll get my contact info out of the way really quick. Uh, if you want to get me at Brian Aldrich on Gab, Parlor and Getter, and of course my blog, biteoftech.com, uh, first of all, I encourage you to go to infectionpodcast.com and check out on the right-hand side where uh, we got Subscribestar, BitChute, DLive. We've got a lot of links you can go to. But first, our, I don't know where our Discord link went. I'll put it back on there before the end of the show is here. It's disappeared. But we'll, uh, we'll have a link up there for Discord. And then you'll be able to join our chat channels for news. Uh, we got a workout channel. we got ARC servers. A lot of different things that you can do uh, on there. But uh, if you think there's a topic we're not covering, I would encourage you to jump in there throw that link in the news channel. We cover all those before the live show and it allows you to go and uh, and be a part of the show. Uh, maybe there's a, a game we're not covering or uh, you know, an event that's happened that week. Uh, we really encourage you to put that in there because that lets you be a part of it and help us to, uh, to make sure we're always on top of things. Uh, if you want to watch the show, you can do that through the Twitch, YouTube, BitChute, and DLive links. Um, those are live and uh, have some have recordings after the fact. Uh, if you're going to listen to the audio-only version, just go to the lower right-hand side those are not live, but uh, as soon as we finish the show, those get uploaded and you have the ability to listen. So uh, lower right-hand side, whatever kind of platform you want. If you are going to listen, I encourage you to go to the particular episode you're listening to because we've got links for every single topic that we just dis uh, discussed in that week. So whatever it is uh, that we discussed, maybe it's, there's a video that we show or a document that we reference, all of those links are there. And I encourage you to check it out because it's really helpful for when you're listening and can't see some of the things that we're describing. Uh, if you want to support the show, we've got a support tab up top or infectionpodcast.com forward slash support where Subscribestar, Humble Bundle, uh, Amazon Prime Gaming subs, all kinds of things that you can do to help support the show. And, uh, and that's all hopefully going towards the convention that once those opened up and they actually let you show up in person, <laughs> uh, things go back to normal, uh, then we'll be able to have some of that those funds and actually use them, maybe for equipment, where we're staying, all kinds of things. Yeah, other uh, extracurricular activities, all of that uh, fun stuff that takes place <laughs> at our various conventions and trips. Um, so we had some issues with the publishing of last week's episode. Not sure what, what went on there, uh, but it should be up now, uh, episode 367. Yeah. So uh, uh, if you notice an issue with that or any of the further episodes, just uh, ping me on Discord or uh, send an email to contact at infectionpodcast.com if you see anything odd and let us know. All right, Brian, we've got to start off with Sony. Now, we, yep. for the past couple of weeks, and really the past couple of months, have talked and really highlighted the power play and the power move that Microsoft yep. is putting on the gaming industry by uh, buying studios and acquiring studios like Bethesda, which includes id Software and all of their games, and, and, and just recently, just a few weeks ago, the merger of Activision Blizzard under the Microsoft umbrella as well. Now there's some FT FTC questions with that. The trades, it, it's likely going to go through. If not, they'll break it up and then Microsoft will buy it. I think one, no, I think it's pretty safe to say Microsoft will own Activision and or Blizzard or some part of it in the very near future. So yeah. I was completely shocked when I received a message from our friend Nisco sent me a PM on uh, discord. I believe it was yesterday with a huge announcement that Sony is buying Bungie. Yes. The Destiny 2 developer for a whopping also 3. 6 a Halo billion developer. old Halo developer. Yeah, they're not making yes. the current Halo games. Um yeah. and that and Halo they don't IP have any is, rights to it. No. 
No, those yeah. rights are all that owned been by funny, Microsoft. Though. Imagine if they would have purchased like the Halo? ability to make Halo out from under Microsoft is kind of like a yeah, thank you for taking those two you know exclusives <laughs> that we had in yeah. the in the Activision deal. Thank you, thank you very much. I thought that that was where they're going until I started reading a little bit closer. I was like, okay, so uh, this is a lot of money for pretty much one game and a studio. Bingo. Uh, That's that, exactly. That, what I was going to surprise. Three point six billion dollars. Uh, sure. That studio is producing a pretty good game, but they're producing one game, and they're produ It's a game that's just kind of putting out DLCs. Uh, these have been included in the Game Pass. I'm curious what's going to happen with that. I have a, now supposedly it's operating independently under Sony, right? What does that mean? Are are they going to have any say to to pull it from the game store and make? you know, restrict that license because they totally could. I mean, it's the Absolutely. exact same thing that Microsoft's been doing to them. Yeah. And I think that's the key thing to note. Now, important to note that Microsoft paid upwards of $70 billion for Activision Blizzard yeah. and Sony paid, let's just round it up to $4 billion for Bungie. But my question has been this whole time, this seems like nothing more than a toddler throwing a tantrum Brian, I don't see any other thing yeah. about this. It's not only do you have a franchise. Destiny 2 is an older game. I mean, it's free to play yeah. now. They've got one IP. Was yep. Destiny, the IP, worth $4 billion to Sony? My guess is no, but they didn't want Microsoft to buy them as well. So they opened up their checkbook and wrote a $3.6 billion check to purchase it. It seems like a, 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 a toddler throwing a, a temper tantrum, Brian. This is, to me, I'm this is nothing Microsoft more than desperation. Them up. Well, know, I'm sure I, they were in the process of doing it. Or Microsoft didn't want to spend yeah. $4 billion for Destiny because I don't think the games well, were that. They knew the they knew the value. I thought, yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. They know the value of this studio and that game because that game is kind of a linear track game. Uh, if they don't put out another expansion, people are going to quit playing it. Um, it's an open world kind of an MMO style game that doesn't have a lot of the MMO features. It's fun to play, but it is somewhat limiting. Now there are hardcore players that, that raid in that and do all kinds of things, but it, it's just a very different style of game. And I don't know if Sony, I, I'm hoping that they're going to continue having them produce and put out content and not change anything because Sony it, just, it's been going fine as far as the studio. They've been growing that one game. But to, to be safe, they need to switch out and get more games. I mean, you can't rely as a studio on one game because something can happen. Uh, look at Activision Blizzard. It's some turmoil in the company can happen. If you only have one game to rely on for your total income and they strike, like, player strike, whatever happens. fallout. Yeah. You, you'll, you'll be done as a studio. And then that studio becomes nearly worthless. Well, it's about think, the talent and it's about what they can produce. And I think that's what I want to talk about here, because since 2010, Bungie has released two games, Destiny 1 in 2014 and Destiny 2 yeah. in 2017. Now, Destiny 2 does have a large player base. Don't get me wrong. And from what I've heard, I've played a, little a lot bit of, of content. A lot of people really enjoy Destiny. People still grind and play Destiny constantly. So not taking anything away from and my Destiny. wife, my wife and I, we played Destiny a bit. Um on console and, and there's a lot of content there but the thing is once you've gone through it all you're at the stage of okay now what it's a it's a game that has to continuously put out content to stay relevant if it stops and stutters at all it's no longer relevant that's my concern with this type of a game it's not like a game where you can sell it forever on the marketplace uh let's say they brought you know let's say they had a game like gta where it's just a lot, you know, a lot of people play it and it's just really popular by itself you can keep selling that game without the online piece and you'll still keep selling it for 10 years. Um, this yeah. game, you can't. It relies on everything still going because it's it's relying on an active player. But sure, there's going to be people playing the old content, but your hardcore players that continue playing daily, they need new content uh, or else they have the all the gear. It's about getting, it's randomized gear. So there's a lot of things they can repeat, but there's only a certain amount of gear they can get from the content that's there right now. They're at a cap, a lot of them. I want to uh, read a little bit from the uh, press release. This is the CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, Jim Ryan. He said, we've had a strong partnership with Bungie since the inception of the Destiny franchise, and I couldn't be more thrilled to officially welcome 
the studio to the PlayStation family. This is such an important step in our strategy to expand the reach of PlayStation to a much wider audience. We understand how vital Bungie's community is to the studio and look forward to supporting them as they remain independent and continue to grow. Like Bungie, our community is a core to PlayStation's DNA and our shared passion for the gamer and built the and building the best place to play will now evolve even further. So a couple things to take away from that statement. Um, their strategy to yeah. expand the reach of PlayStation. I don't understand. I'm not saying that the move was, I'm just basing it on that sentence. What does Bungie, is, or rather Destiny is a game that is available on PC, PlayStation, mm-hmm. and Xbox. And I think it's on Stadia too. Yeah. How are they going to expand the reach of the PlayStation ecosystem and PlayStation universe with Destiny 2? Well, I okay, here's here's my thought. What other PlayStation kind of exclusives are open world like this? I, I've been trying to think of another one that they have that's like one of their main titles that is a an exclusive PlayStation open world lots of players connected everything is like a track linear story god of war just on god of war it's all down a track everything is down a track this is sure it's got some track to it but this is the most open world game that i've really seen them do is an exclusive that i can think of uh you know maybe that's it something that's open you know between that has multiplayer between all platforms i just feel like there's some reason because they've been lacking in that. I think they put so much into the whole uh, VR. Because remember, when we went and saw Sony's booth, what did we see half of their booth the last time we went? Do you remember what half the half Sony's booth was? I don't. I honestly don't remember. It was a lot of weird indie games. Well, okay, they had a center thing of indie games. And yeah. then around the whole outside oh, was VR. all the VR stuff. VR stuff, yeah. So half of their stuff was VR in that. Now, where Have you seen a lot of advertising for VR games lately? I mean, you haven't seen a lot of VR really no but sony sony did just announce they're you know doing their their next you know psvr2 or whatever they're calling it um yeah so i mean that's been i think they got they have a vr thing and then they have this kind of a track story mode style game that they usually do and they and people make um and then this is something different so that's what i'm kind of thinking that may be the path that they're viewing as here's a developer that knows how to do a game that's like an mmo on a PlayStation and all these other consoles. That's a selling point because I haven't seen very many of those. You know, there's a couple of them. They're mostly Chinese companies and, you know, all, all of these that are doing these MMOs on consoles. But there aren't very many that are American, co- you know, that are making a games for America, right? That Americans are playing that are like this, that aren't like niche little games. This is a big one that's been op- openly accepted by almost all the community. Like most yeah, players from, who don't even like MMOs play this game. Yeah, from the hardest core gamer to the most casual gamer, Destiny has got a yeah. very wide you can, net. You can play anything in it. It's got yeah. stuff for casual people. You can run around and shoot things and collect things. Or you can try to get to the end game and play this super hardcore raining style game that has a lot of puzzles and is very complicated. It's so, all in there. It's just how far you take it. So the I think the question, at least for me, goes back to was this a desperation move by Sony as to, to essentially just try and grab a couple of studios before Microsoft gobbled them all up and made them exclusives. But as it seems right now, and this news is still very fluid, right? This came out yesterday, yeah. but the Bungie did release a Q and a looking uh, a- answering some questions. And Bungie does have a new franchise game in development right now a new ip and the question on their q a says um bungie is bungie's future game currently in development will that become a playstation exclusive the answer is no no we want the worlds we are creating to extend to anyone anywhere people play games we will continue to be self-published you know creatively independent and will continue to drive one unified bungie community now that could change but I would presume that was a pretty big part of the back and forth negotiations between Sony and Bungie. So if that's the case, Brian, if they just spent $4 billion to acquire Bungie, they get Destiny 2, which is already on. They're not going to rip it off of Xbox and PlayStation. The game yeah. came out in 2017. 
But if plus people already game, purchased it, they're going to have to continue continue putting out updates anyways for those exactly. customers. So their new game that is supposedly going to be coming out, which by the way, Bungie makes phenomenal games. I'm not taking anything away from yeah. Bungie. Is not going to be a Sony exclusive. Yeah. Why the hell did they pay four billion dollars for the company? That's probably why. Is because look at this game. This studio has put something out that's actually cross console, and Sony. Most of the pe- people doing it on consoles on the Xbox and PlayStation have been doing it poorly. I mean, you, you've got a couple games that have actually pulled it off, where you have cross console that works, and it's actually so maybe it's all some the of the tech. Work. Yeah, I, I think that they are probably getting this company for that. They've actually put out, and it seems to run the same on every single platform. And that's a pretty good bet. If you got a company that's done that, and it's then you've had no hiccups where the community's been outraged because it doesn't work. Um, it's kind of like when I think Epic bought Rocket League. I kind of viewed that purchase as exactly the same thing. Rocket League had really good tech that they built on Unreal Engine. Epic didn't want to rebuild it. They bought it. I feel like yeah. these guys have a lot of technology um, you know, they, they have all the, the knowledge of producing it for every single platform and, you know, it works really well on PlayStation. It works really well on Xbox if they're not buggy. I, you know, I think that that's the selling point of this is they wanted a company that could probably help them do the things that they don't currently don't have people in the company doing rather than hiring them one at a time. You have a whole studio ready to go and put out a game. Is it possible that Sony bought this and spent $3.6 billion in this acquisition just so that just be just because the fact that they didn't want Bungie's new game to potentially be bought up by Microsoft Xbox. and not allowed on their platform. Do you think that's a possibility? I think they know that that would have I think that my, I think Microsoft would have purchased this in an instant if they realized that Sony was this close to purchasing it. Well, I have a feeling if if I had to guess this is complete and total speculation at this point. There's no, no evidence yeah. to back this up, but that's never stopped us in the past. Um, I would I would guess, Brian, Bungie was pretty hell-bent on saying, we are not going to be releasing single-platform games. And I'm yeah. p- confident that if Microsoft, and I'm sure Microsoft was in talk, if they were in talks with Activision yep. Blizzard, they were sure as hell in talk with Bungie. They talked it, yeah. And I, if I had to guess, Bungie was unwilling to agree to just making their game available on the Xbox and the PC, and that's why Microsoft didn't want to acquire them. Microsoft is going to own, or Microsoft is trying to own the gaming marketplace from the console to the smart TV to the cell phone to the computer. That's what they're trying to do with Game Pass and streaming and all of that other stuff. And if they don't have exclusives, well, then they're just everybody else. Now, the reason Netflix is so popular, because of the exclusives. And if I had to guess, Bungie was unwilling to maybe fall you know be maybe Bungie was unwilling to agree to a term like that so that caused microsoft to say screw it we're not interested we're not going to pay four billion dollars for you if we don't get to just have your games on our platform that would be my guess so well in in like joe for instance one thing joe mentioned in chat he says five years on they might have a game ready for there might be something in this deal uh, that 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 this company has that they're producing or ready to produce or ready to release that is the selling point that makes we may be looking at this now saying 3.6 billion dollars man why but there could be a product that they showcased to maybe microsoft and sony and said hey this is right you know we're about to release this uh you know and that added to the value there could be something we don't see but so far i'm not i'm not seeing it 100 percent because it still just seems a little bit strange the whole the whole deal just do you think that maybe sony is hedging its bets that it might not be a hardware producer in the future very much longer. I'm sorry, say that again. That they Sony? Need, do you think that Sony is maybe hedging their bets that they may not be in the hardware market, at least a profit, super profitable hardware market very much longer? They won't be. Neither will Microsoft. Well, how, what, how are you going to protect? How are you going to make it so Sony still is a name? You're going to become a publishing studio purely. Then you need studios that have the ability to produce a lot of high quality ips right okay these guys can they can they're gonna have to buy studios that have the ability to produce content because they don't have the ability to to risk it on indies right now um i think that they're running out of time and i think that they're doing everything they can this is one of the last second deals we're running out of large studios to purchase i mean honestly well 
No, we are. And I China's, saw this. China's been buying them up. Microsoft's been buying up. Sony's starting to buy them up. Uh, all you know, a lot of these other studios have been purchased that have produced AAA level content. I saw this meme floating around the internet of the uh, updated 2022 game publisher tier list, and it's Microsoft, <laughs> uh, PlayStation, and then the New York Times, who just bought that Wordle game or whatever people are are playing. Oh. Um, so, you know, so I, I have a, I have a feeling though, that we are heading towards dangerous territories here, Brian, yeah. um, where literally everything is going to be bought. Um, and I, I think the, 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 the jury is still out as to whether yeah. these big acquisitions are going to be good or bad. I don't know, but I can tell you yeah. That if ever if there if all of these large now here's the thing, these all all of these large studios Bungie, you know, Activision Bungie probably not so much but Bethesda they all started as not large developers right they were small teams yeah. small developers now it was a very different era of gaming in the 90s and early 2000s when these companies were making their games but even with that said, there will be other large companies that will spawn up in the future. Because yeah. com- small, you know, smaller developers will continue to make games. There will be a blockbuster yep. hit, and they will be a, a big studio. And then that, then the question will be: Does Microsoft buy them? Does Sony buy them? Does Google buy them? Does Amazon buy them? I mean, there's more players in this than just Sony and Microsoft. Um, but I'm still. I'm I'm still having some concerns, I, I, Brian. I still don't understand the claim from the CEO of Sony Entertainment about their strategy. I don't know yeah. what their strategy is. They haven't shown us their strategy. Their game service was a is a flop. Yeah, and and I mean, how how many Playstations are they selling? It's kind of hard to gauge. You know, w- with this year has been crazy because supposedly every PlayStation that's been made is getting sold <laughs> every xbox that's being made is being, but i don't know how many are, i'd have to go track the statistics of how many they're actually selling i i don't know how much of a worry they they should be having you know if if this whole console generation gets kind of skipped technology wise it's just what it feels like you know we've talked about it before it feels like a lot of the games still aren't being made for the new hardware they're still being made for the old hardware well why did we make a new console why didn't you just make you know maybe this will be the transition to not having these big console releases and you just have something that you know is i think the streaming box is going to still be the the end winner and i i think they're trying to create something that they can they can put out as as put out games because it's all going to be about the games they put out no longer about hardware or any of this other stuff see i i agree with you and i think we've talked a lot about the streaming device the streaming service the box Mm -hmm. being the future sony doesn't have any of that I mean, they, yeah. they do have their, what is it called, PlayStation Plus? PlayStation Now. PlayStation, well, they have PlayStation Now. Plus, which lets you play online, and then they have PlayStation Now, which is their streaming. And, but that game PlayStation server. Now, from all accounts, doesn't hold a candle to Game Pass. It's a very, no. and they're, it's, it's a very like, weak attempt at it. It's a lot of older PlayStation 2 games. It just doesn't have the catalog. And you've played and then, well, some of those games. You and, said it's not and, the greatest experience in the world. No, and and that's I think that's the issue is their service feels very well. First of all, they, you know they started adding some games that you could actually download because they found that there were problems. You know, I, there were issues with some of the games, and I, I think a lot of them they were finding it to be a waste having them on on the streaming service. And so some of them they have you download and actually play locally, uh, but most of these games. You know, it's not, it's really expensive, the PlayStation Now, for what you're getting, especially when you have a lot of these games already. Um, you know, it's not like it's just easier to stream it. It doesn't feel like it's running fast. When I did Microsoft's, it felt instant and it felt exactly like it felt when you're playing local. When I played PlayStation Now, you could see the buffering, you could see it, that it was pausing and waiting and loading things in the background and like it was saying, please wait, and the things would come in. It wasn't as nearly as a, a smooth, fluid experience that I felt on the Xbox. And I think that that's going to be the big thing is it needs to be so streamless of experience that you feel like when you're turning on your little small machine, you know, and and starting the game and streaming it, that it feels like you're launching it on your Xbox. You know, it feels like it's a part of it. Um, And just looking at your... It felt like an external service. 
and just looking at their list here, like the Mafia Definitive Edition. It's available now, but it goes away at the end of February. Same thing with Grand Theft Auto, the Definitive Edition, available until May, and then it's going to be gone off of the service. This is on their home, and their first game. And that hasn't been out, the Definitive Edition, that hasn't been out that long, has it? I I remember us announcing when all of these came out. It'll be, by May, it'll probably be six months, would be my guess. It was was probably a six-month deal. So, I mean, yeah, I think Microsoft does at least year deals. I just, but I just, you know, their game library seems a lot. This is smaller. this is what they're the promoting. Titles this aren't is, there. This is what they're promoting. Grand Theft Auto, Little Big Workshop, Through the Darkest of Times, uh, Death Squared, Mortal Kombat 11. Okay, that's that's a big game. A KSP yeah. is an indie game. I, I, I don't think time. that's got the draw. Yeah, a, a couple Final Fantasy games and Mafia. Yep. And they've got a whole bunch and, of you know they've got a whole bunch of games on here presumably. But, you know, I, I don't know. I've never a lot of these games, games, a lot of these games on this one, I, a lot of them were just very, especially in their streaming service. They were some of their older games, yeah, PS2, like that, which games. is cool. Yeah, which is cool. But I, I want to have these big games that I feel like, you know, I'm saving money by subscribing to this. That's what I want to feel like, that I'm not buying enough games in a year to where the service makes up for it. But if you don't carry the games that I would have been buying, like, that's the that's the thing about Microsoft. I think really makes them take it on this is the day one exclusives that they have are real. There are things that you probably would have purchased, right? Yeah. And and you're getting them built into the service. I don't see hardly any titles on any of the PlayStation Now stuff that's a day one title that I want. Even in the list on there, none of those were day one titles. I mean, I, I got Mafia Definitive Edition, but I haven't played it yet, right? <laughs> Obviously, it's not when I was really dying. Um, it's just, I didn't see any things in their list that I really wanted to play or that aren't really old titles that I already have played. Most half of them were, were pretty old. Yeah. So looking at the, looking at the pricing, um, game pass, regular game pass for consoles is $10 a month. The Xbox game pass unlimited, I believe is $15 a month. And then the PC Game Pass is $15 a month. The Sony and the service... the gives you like the EA Pass and it gives you it gives you some of those other things included. Yeah. And then if you look at the PlayStation Now subscription, it's, it, it's only $5 a month. It's, it's $60 a year. But $60 a year for not AAA title. And now, obviously, you know, $6 a year, Brian, it's the cost of one AAA game. So if you play one AAA yep. game on Game Pass... And it, or on, on PS now, it'll p- pay for itself. Um, but they don't have those day. They're not. They're not nailing so they those day one launches. Months, maybe. Yeah, and they're you not know, nailing I mean, those day ones. Those big launch titles yep. like Microsoft is. I'm just yep. not sure that their streaming service can hold a candle. And again, yep. if the games are going to be available on Xbox too, they're going to be part of the Xbox Game Pass probably. Well, and also one downside of the PlayStation One is it's not really across all the consoles um you know they i've not i've not been able to get i they don't really i didn't see anything on pc that would run it correctly like when i had the playstation out i was subscribed to it i tried playing it on my computer and it just it didn't really work I, i i couldn't get it to work um i feel like with the xbox game pass you can play it a lot of different places and i think that they will win in in the end by allowing people to play it in a lot of different not just on xboxes and not just on things that we consider now way to you know a pc and things like that i don't know that sony's system will ever carry over anywhere else i just it didn't run well on playstation why would it wouldn't run well anywhere else you know the app didn't run well on playstation on the playstation itself Hmm. yeah i just of course that's a that's a ps4 pro i mean it should have run it just fine it's one at the time it was their latest and top machine they had and ps now ran poorly yeah so now we wait and see. Will this continue to be tit for tat? Will Sony continue to try and acquire some studios? Will Microsoft ramp up the pressure and try and purchase even larger yep. studios to do this? Yep. I don't know. But t- when I saw this news, Brian, I just I, it, it smelled of desperation, really, more than anything yeah. else. It did not seem like something that Sony wanted to do. It doesn't seem like something that's really lucrative for Sony at all. Um, it just seemed yep. like holy shit, Microsoft is buying everything. We need to 
uh, we need to do something. We need to acquire something. Somebody pull out a checkbook. We need to do something. And I'm surprised they spent over a billion for it. Personally, I mean, I, I unless there's a With lot going on well, in that a, company, it's it's got a big player base, right? They've got a lot of users, active players. But are they so going to make a billion back from Destiny Two? I mean, and you know, it's going to be counting on what they're. I just don't see them making. I, I'm sure three point six billion is a lot of money. It is a lot of money, but uh, I'm sure they. I'm sure they didn't make a bad deal. Let, let I'll just. I yeah. mean, I, I'm sure they wouldn't have. I don't think they would have exorbitantly overpaid for it. Um, but I, I don't know. I I just I, I you get just, a huge player base. I mean, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot going for it. But three point six billion. I just, I'm surprised it's over a billion. Unless there's another game around the you know the corner. I just it smells of desperation. That they, that they view as a possible moneymaker. Yeah, it, it's it smells of desperation and a last ditch effort to try and salvage together whatever it is. I still think, and I'll stand by this until I'm proven wrong, that Microsoft is on the easy train here. They just have to. Yep not screw it up by intentionally trying yeah. to do things and just let it go. Let the cards fall where they may don't do anything too radical. Just let it go. And they should be able to move forward pretty quickly with this. So that's what we've got on, well, and uh, I, on Sony. And I was, okay. So let's talk Microsoft here for a minute because sure. I was reading, I was reading an article on the Motley Fool. And they were talking about how Microsoft is now the dominant force in gaming, which is kind of what we've been, talking about hinting at you know coming up for a while here now uh it, it, they, it talks a lot about the subscriptions and you know getting these franchise games then branching into mobile games uh you know and there's so much that's just with the things that they've been purchasing and what they've been building uh, i thought it was a, a pretty good overall covering of, of of some of the things that we've been talking about so i put a link to that in there uh one thing that I think that there hasn't happened yet is the review by the FTC. Yeah, that's going because I think that that's going to be a, yeah, that's going to be a, this is going to be a thing that has contentious uh, arguments. People saying, man, this company's too big in the gaming world. Microsoft is already huge in all these other areas. Uh, you know, there, there will be some pushback. I haven't heard any real pushback from people yet. You know, as people being an uproar for any reason, but I'm curious if, uh, if, we'll see any kind of pushback just because of how big this is going to be Microsoft. I mean, it's, they're already gigantic, so you can't really complain that it's going to make them a monopoly, but you know, if they're already a monopoly, uh, should they keep adding to it? Well, what point Here, will the government say, hold on? Here's the thing though. And this is, I think what Microsoft's going to have going for them. There are literally thousands of game developing studios in uh, the yeah. hundred tens of thousands. There are millions of games that are being produced. Unlike and, major data centers that can cover the what they cover, you know, AWS and there's Azure. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's certain things that only two or three people are doing. Gaming you know, is, not, is not one of them. Game development is yeah. not one of them. Now, again, you can make your arguments about anti-competitive nature and thing like that. That's all fine. Yeah. But when there are literally that's more what I'm concerned about is them saying that they're creating an environment that people cannot compete in. But see, but here's the thing. Activision Blizzard was already big enough themselves that. I don't think this changes that landscape at all. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think all my, well, I mean, Netflix makes it difficult for me to make a streaming service. I mean, can I complain about that? I mean, I can't compete with them. Doesn't mean that it's just to be something that they don't have. Um, I think that this, you know, is a good thing for gaming. Uh, I'm just nervous of what kind of political shenanigans we may see uh, because there's so many dollars being moved around here and, and what kind of pushback we might get. I mean, I'm, I'm ready for it to happen. They already said they're going to put all these games on the Game Pass. You know, I think it's good, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of curious if we're going to see more drama coming from it from the government now that they're going to be starting the review because it isn't guaranteed until this happens. Yes, that is very true. So interesting times to say the least, Brian. Yes. Hey, okay. So there is uh, some Apple Epic things starting to happen again. Of course, we had okay. case things were now Microsoft. The Justice Department and 35 states are accusing Apple now of hurting competition in this whole fight. And I just, I was, you know, I, it seems like they're kind of coming back into this. I thought it was kind of settling, right? Um, but now I, I think that this is open. I, I hinted at this. I remember I saying, I think that this might open the door to other things now that Epic has kind of started this. Uh, I think that that's going to continue. I think that we're going to see more and more pressure because Apple, first of all, 
big dollar signs. As I was kind of hinting before, when the government sees big dollar signs, they're willing to pile on because they can start, you know, fining Apple billions of dollars. Well, there's some money in our pocket. You can start. I just feel like there's going to, because the door has been opened here, I think we're going to see a lot of, uh, a lot of people coming in now after the fact. And I, some of it may be for good, but I think a lot of it is, is hoping that off of this, they can create other issues, you know, get to where money, they say, oh, you're not doing this right. You're not doing this right. We'll find it. They did it over in Europe. I mean, look what they did to Google in Europe. Oh, GDPR. They, they find them billions and billions and all kinds of crazy, crazy yeah. things. They got lots of money off of them. Uh, I just, mm. I'm worried that that's going to happen here. I'd rather have it all be healthy argument and, you know, political discussion and, you know, for the suing, have it be to help the, the customer. And the second the government gets involved, I feel like it never longer always helps the customer. It's about getting money out of them and making them pay the government, nothing goes back to the to the person that was supposed to be receiving the benefit, which is all of us. Are you trying to tell me, Brian, that the federal government doesn't have our best interests in mind? Is that what you're trying to prognosticate upon me right now, Brian? Because if that's the case, I, mean, I, I cannot take you seriously. I, know it's hard I, can to no believe. Long, I can no longer allow you to be my co-host on this show if you're going to make such an <laughs> inflammatory statement about our government, Brian. That is just un, that is unfathomable. I know. I, I, I can't imagine. We can't imagine the government would ever do anything shady, but I'm really <laughs> worried that that this will turn into because I feel like Epic kind of went into it halfway serious. You know, they didn't like oh, yeah, the fees. Sure. They felt they're unfair. Match. You know, and but then they said, well, let's make see if we can change it. Well, when the government step in, steps in, it's no longer an even fight. That's my concern is with an even fight with the Epic and, and, and the Apple battle. You know, they went to court. There was they, they both got a little taken away. They both got a little bit of win. With the government, there's usually no win. Well, so I, I don't want to get too far off the um, off the path here, but this has always been a big argument about federal lawsuits, Brian, is that the federal mm -hmm. government has unlimited resources, unlimited time, and unlimited money. Yeah. And you... That's all, I mean, it's all our money. You Well, yeah, and you as a person or you as a business does not have unlimited time, unlimited resources, and unlimited money. So the federal government can just, frankly, do whatever the hell they want. I mean, like in terms of yep. le legally and on lawsuits, because they just you, they can just fight it in court. There's there's no there's a, there's literally yeah. no cost for the federal government to fight something in court. There's no cost to them to do it. If yeah. you're a business like well, Epic or Apple, there's an ex, there's an exorbitant cost for you to do that to defend yourself or fight against it. It's not really a it's not really fair because which and yep. I understand you know fairness fairness fairness, but it's just. It, it, it's just it just doesn't work when you're you can't win against a, gr a group that doesn't and here's the thing even if they lose it still doesn't matter there's no ram nothing yeah. changes it's the federal government no, nothing nothing matters yep. so it's just it's so a here, very let me give odd you their argument sure let me give you their argument and you tell me how you think they're coming at this so 35 attorney generals the justice department and microsoft are all in on this and they're urging reconsideration of that ruling where they said that Apple did not engage in, in unfair uh, anti-competitive behavior, right? That's pretty much, you know, that they, they with the fees, they were not anti-competitive, but that they were anti-competitive in some of their behavior under California specific law, right? That's hmm. where they got them. So they're saying here, they wanted them to reconsider its ruling as it's related to the Sherman Act. They say the district court committed several legal errors that could imperil effective antitrust F, uh, enforcement, especially in the digital economy. And this is the Justice Department saying this. They said the court read sections one and two of the Sherman Act narrowly, narrowly and wrongly in ways that could would leave many anti-competitive agreements and practices outside of their protections. Well, if that's true, that's a pretty big deal, right? Uh, yeah. That means that there was there was probably some bias happening in the courtroom. You know, something happened where all of the law wasn't followed in the ruling, it, it, according to them. Right. And I'm, I'm assuming that the legal department possibly has some idea of what's going on, but that's what they're saying. I don't, uh, they're, they're saying that the district's co uh, court's opinion is ambiguous, uh, which it Great was, term. they didn't really. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that this probably be, if they're accurate and this argument has some legs to it, it's possible that could go back to court. The whole Apple Epic thing could go back to court with Microsoft the Justice Department, and all of these people on Epic's side going at Apple. I mean, imagine this. Everybody was teasing <laughs> Epic. 
you've now got Microsoft, the largest gaming company in the world, right? Joining <laughs> yeah. forces with Epic and people and were making fun of the federal government. Epic. The federal government is jumping Who we hate too. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yes. And so I just, I just, there's a lot that I think will happen to this if this continues forward, especially if it gets put back into court with all of this behind it. Something's going to happen. I, I think it would be nice if they, if they just made it so that you couldn't lock people into that ecosystem, like hmm. make payments systems open. Since, since people have to pay fees for payment systems, sure, put regulations on that, right? Because that's something that you kind of get locked in. You don't have a way to get out of, especially when you're in these services. They give you a few choices. Okay, figure out a way to make it to where you're not restricted by that because that was a lot of where the extra fees and money and charges that Epic was doing early on. Remember those high conversion fees and everything? Yeah. Okay, regulate that so that doesn't happen because you know our money and we're dealing with, with worldwide games and economies changing currencies, You know, going doing a lot. There's a lot happening there. Fix that. I think that's the real argument that they need to figure out. Um, and I think in the end, that'll fix this. But I'm worried that this is going to go somewhere else. What if, if they start going in and say, all right, let's fix Apple because who knows what secret vendetta they are trying to go at Apple with this on, you know? Yeah. On. And it starts with Apple. Actually, and it could be anything. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it concerns me when they go at, it could be good, but there's so much chance for wrong and things to go badly that I think will in the end hurt the whole gaming community and, and everything that's related to, you know, the fees and everything else. I, as long as they have someone in there with a little bit of reason, that's I think that's the main thing I'm hoping is that we don't have somebody who's just going there just to just to hit Apple hard, but somebody go in there and, and actually says, hey, here's the parts that I see that I that are unfair or that could use improvement. Let's address those things, not just let's hurt Apple. Because that's what it seems like a lot of these these cases end up turning into. There's not really a lot of merit, but you know they really want to hurt that company pretty bad or get some tax dollars or a big fine out of it. Saul Greatman says, as a federal government, come at me. So I guess a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a <laughs> little bit of threatening going on here in the uh, in the old Twitch chat. Uh, great to see you, Saul. Yeah, it's, it's got it's threatened by the state of uh, Florida. Yeah, here. well, not no longer the state of Florida, but oh, um, no, it's never right. He, okay, he's yeah. he's no he's now uh, with the federal government. So. Yes, yeah, with the with the old feds. Um, a fed, literally, literally a fed in the chat, just a you know, post fed. Um, <laughs> so. It is going to be very interesting to see how uh, how all of this uh, goes on um, as we. I'm not I, I don't even know what the next step of in this whole thing is. I have no idea. Yeah, I, it's going to be. And that's the thing is it's going to be the whole case starting up again. If it does. What are they going to be asking for? You know, because each side kind of got a little here and there. Um, you know, are they going to change that? Are they trying to change? Are they going to go for something else? It'll be interesting to see. Um an update on something we talked about last week. Remember that Blizzard survival game we talked about? We showed yeah. a couple images of. Uh, I saw an article talking about that game has been in development now for almost five years. Wow. So they've been working on that game specifically for almost five years. Uh, so them saying it's in a playable state that he's Probably been playing is. quite a bit lately. It sounds like it's been, it would be accurate. So uh, this is something, hopefully, we've been waiting for some really cool survival games to come out especially from AAA studios where they're polished, you know, they're big, they're, they're fun. There's a lot of discovery. I think part of the issue we run into with some of these smaller survival games is we play them early and the content's not all in there. By the time the game gets released, we've seen half the game, you know, and then you have to play through half the game to see anything new. Yeah. Um, you know, with this, I like it when you get a survival game that you haven't seen anything really about yet. So you get in there and you go and discover and run around. And that's, that's the beauty of this style of game. So Hopefully this will be something that will release in a couple years. You know, it's not I, something that we're going to see five years. I can't imagine them being too many more years out if they've been working on it five already. Yeah, I would imagine you would see some sort of early, early access or something of that nature, you know, in the next couple of yep. years, depending on what all is going on there. Um, Brian, I do want to turn the conversation, if it's all right with you, to Valve. Yeah. Uh, Steam decks are starting to ship. I saw a couple of pictures on Twitter that they're starting to pop up in people's hands. And there's been a lot of questions about the Steam Deck. It obviously is running Linux and running Steam's OS that they mm -hmm. built on top of it. And one of the big questions has been, since this is just a Linux device, I'll just run Windows and I can run all of my games. I can do any sort of customizations I want to do. And while, in fact, you can still do that, it might come at a, bit, a bit, at a bit of a disadvantage because integrated support for AMD's 
Fidelity FX Super Resolution, known as FSR, and that upscaling yeah. tech is going to be coming to the Steam Deck for Linux users. And it should deliver yeah. a pretty big performance boost for users that yeah. stick with the Steam OS running the device, you know, how it was intended to be used versus those that, uh, it's not really a root or a jailbreak, but that will flash the device and install, you know, Windows 11 or Windows 10 on it. Yeah. Uh, Valve developers have said from the start that the FSR will be supported on the Steam Deck. They said that FSR is already available for some applications that support it and games that already include FSR will work as is, but also FSR support will be included as part of the OS as a part of an OS future release. So it's not available right now, but it will be presumably sooner rather than later. And once that happens, games could potentially make use of FSR, even if the games themselves don't natively support it. So this was just yeah. potentially one way that they're going to keep people locked into the Steam OS, which let's be honest, that's going to be the premier way to use this device. I mean, yes, you can throw Windows yeah. on it. I mean, you can throw Windows on a Raspberry Pi. It's not a great experience. But the thing is, the performance, yeah, the performance is going to be so much different. And as they continue to you know, get those drivers and all of the kind of unique things that they're adding to this device, Linux-wise and code-wise, Mm -hmm. I think that it's definitely going to be much performance wise going to be much better. Uh, you know, you're running windows on this. They are pulling out a lot of extra features out of windows and really scaling down the base size of windows. They've done that since, you know, compared to windows 95, windows 98, the, the base install of windows and the minimal installed windows is much smaller. I think it's much more lightweight, but it does not compare to anything to Linux. Linux has well, the ability to get so much more lightweight than Windows does still. And yeah, I think that and, in here, them also putting all these additional features and using hardware. I mean, this is basing it on, you know, it's taking advantage of the actual hardware. Exactly. If they, if they don't make a driver that is as, as good as this, as efficient and fast as this, then you're going to still have way lower performance even on that. Uh, and I yeah. why would they make drivers and do all this special for something they don't even support i'm sure somebody the drivers will get out there but i i don't think it'll ever be officially supported no and i, I think, think again put out windows drivers for this yeah and again it will work you know you'll be able to run windows yeah. and you'll probably have well. a halfway decent experience but this device was built for power management wise control wise everything yeah. was built and i'm sure they did run windows on this for sure to do testing yeah. and things of that nature but this may um this may put aside some of the um, pushes maybe for people to just get these things and, and flash it and throw windows on it immediately. If in fact you'll get a significantly better experience sticking with steam's OS. Well, a lot of times the things that I've run into, cause I've done a lot of mobile devices and tablets and things like that and swap, swap the OSs that are on them before. And usually the problems that I run into are with power management. And that's going to be a big deal on here. If you can't get that kind of seamless power management experience, then I, I think that that's going to be a big killer because you're going to want to have as much battery power because these things are going to be sucking battery power when they're not plugged in. You know, just running those screens, running these games and doing all these things, uh, you're going to want as efficient as possible. And if, if the Microsoft installation is using twice as much battery, there's no way you're going to stick with that. No. You know, if you only can hold have three hours versus six hours, uh, yeah, you know, that's a huge difference. That's always been the thing that I've run into with a lot of these things. When you leave the OS of the hardware manufacturer's preference, usually power management goes out the window the way you well, expect it. And not even that. You look at laptops, Brian, and I don't want to get into a laptop yeah. debate, but just look at how much more efficient OS X is on MacBooks versus Windows laptops. I mean, you've got MacBooks that can run yeah. for 12 or 15 hours. You go out and buy a brand new yep. Windows laptop, and you get four and a half hours of battery life. I mean, they just, Windows is just yep. terrible. It's a desktop it's operating system that running in the yeah, background. It's a, yeah, it's a desktop uh, it operating system. Put, it doesn't put processes to sleep as well. Linux is made to just run minimal. Like it puts things to sleep. It tries to clear things down. It tries to always run at the minimum possible. Microsoft, you can have a, it's sitting. It'll run at twenty five percent. It'll just sit there and idle at twenty five percent, not five percent, twenty five percent. Cortana. You know, 
Windows updates, the AV running in all the background. All these things happen in the background. Yeah, and you can try to, you know, you can go to group policy editor and try to turn as much of that garbage off as you want. And maybe, Brian, maybe what somebody will do is create a Linux distro for distro of it. the yeah, Steam Deck and, and, yeah. and, and do something. I don't know probably what the, create they custom drivers, probably have to go through and, and really make it so it works and feels like the Steam Deck version. Yeah, and, and, now, and it won't be on Windows, obviously, because they can't. You know, take they can't strip Windows out and republish it. They, that would be in violation. But yeah, I, they could I, do it in the underground. But still, yeah, I mean, but I could see somebody making a, you know, a version of the Steam Link OS because the Steam Link OS, I believe, is going to be open source. Um, that maybe does some of the emu- has some of the emulation things built right into it. I mean, yeah. the original Steam or device, optimized the, versions, customized yeah. versions that yeah, have the Steam Link UIs, all kinds of stuff. You know, the Steam Link, their last hardware device, people use, I use mine as a, I built, set it up as, I don't use it as, but I set it up as a, as a MAME emulator. I mean, these things are, you know, you, you throw a device like this in somebody's hand for a very, for a relatively low price point, which is what it is. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of really cool stuff coming out of this once this device gets broadly into people's hands. Yep. Uh, All right. Quick, hey. Yeah. Do you have a preference? Yeah, real quick, I just want to cover uh, Valve's announced a couple of their uh, 2022 sales. Um, the Steam Next Fe- Fe- Steam Next Fest is going to take place February the 21st through the 28th. Uh, there will be another Steam Next Fest in June, and then the summer sale is June 23rd through July the 7th. There's other themed sales, but those big ones are that, and then the survival sale is July 18th through the 25th. So as those become closer, we'll have more details. But um, the another the, thing, they're also go, changing their rules of how they do sales going forward because okay. there were a lot of restrictions on how these companies could do sales for their games mm-hmm. and things. They're making it less restrictive so that a lot of these companies have the ability to do sales more often. So well, now you can run, the, like, for instance... Go, go I'm ahead. sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, first, it's now you can run a launch discount, but once your discount ends, you cannot run any other discounts for 28 days. Like, that's that's the new one. Um, and I think it was before it was longer, and now it was like six weeks. Now they put it to 28 days. Mm. Uh, you know, so the shortening that, it's, now, it's not possible to discount your product for 28 days following a price increase in any currency. You know, so those, these are new things. They're, they're less restrictive, but they're making it so that the time frame, because they don't want people running sales every other day. Well, this is a big really one here. System. It's towards the bottom of the list. It is not possible yeah. to discount a product by more than 90% or less than 10%. So these little 5% mm. off bullshit sales yeah. that barely cover the sales tax will be no yep. more. So it's going to be at yeah. least a 10% off sale. Um, but hey, you're not going to see a 99%. So 90% is the max. So which don't is good. ever expect. If you see your game at 90%, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and again, unless if they you're, adjust the base price of the game. If you're, let's be honest, if you're selling your game at ninety nine percent off, why don't you just make I've it free to play it. and call it a day? And so have I. Just make yeah. it free to play and call it a day. Um, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's not it's not huge changes, but I think we're gonna it's gonna adjust. A little, Valve does not make changes rapidly, anyways. <laughs> you know, they're <laughs> no. not constantly making changes. So for this, this is something that's kind of a big deal to them. Let's see how the people that are producing these games and, and putting them on sale, how they take advantage of this. Are we get, hopefully, it'll make it to where we see more consistent and better sales more often. Yeah. Uh, or that's, just re- that's, that's the thing. Or just right out of the now, blue sales. Kind of hit and miss. Yeah. Which it sounds like yeah. what this will do because now a company won't, they can do an out of the blue sale instead of having to wait six weeks. They only have to wait because they have to time it because you got to be careful. Yeah. You can't be like, oh, I want to do a sale because of maybe a holiday or a special event because that may throw off my six week cycle. And then I can't have the sale when we're going to do this release of this other title or, you know, whatever it is. Like there may be some sale they're wanting to do. But let's say Valentine's Day comes up and you want to do a special Valentine's Day sale. Well, OK, what you can't do anything six weeks in, you know, after that, that yeah. seems a little crazy. A month, I can understand. You know that prevents people from running sales every single month. You know, yeah, like Michael and Dell. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> always on sale. Yeah, always, always, always deep discounts on those. Um, mm-hmm. All right, Brian, we got a couple minutes left here in the show. Um, is there any big story you want to cover, or you want to ta- tackle a couple of different things? Uh, what are you thinking? All right, how about we uh, let's cover some random stuff really quick. Sure. A couple. Uh, so first of all. 
uh, let's talk about Elon Musk. So the member of the brain, have you heard about the brain chip? Yeah, yeah, that's part on? of yeah. yeah. He's got the brain chip. He's got the tube project putting in, him in uh, California. Yeah, they've got a whole, he's got a whole bunch of stuff. So now they're heading to human trials because they've been doing it on pigs and, and various animals. And pigs, they've been able to, you know, read the brain waves of pigs and kind of see what they're thinking. Uh, so this is going to be going to human trials, and this will be interesting because the the monkey, you know, they can play games with their mind. I have no idea how far this technology can go once you train your mind, because a lot of this in the in the beginning is going to be very difficult because as they're with these monkeys, they're teaching them how to play a very simple game like Pong, uh, how to focus and how to do something that will trigger this chip to then act. Well, this is going to be the, the question is how much can you make that thing do something with just brainwaves alone? You know, yeah. is it going to do a lot or is it going to be like, I got to think about it. I mean, I'm going to keep thinking about, okay, it's slightly going to move the Pong thing when I think really hard. Well, that's not really doing much. If I think really hard about something, it might, you know, cause a trigger to happen and something might do something for me <laughs> it's got to be more than that like you got to interact with things you got to be able to control things can you visualize things they're i don't think they're anywhere near that yet i think it's purely reading but you know it's first where's step. this going it, yeah it's the first step maybe you know 10 years from now we'll start to see real uses of this i'm curious you know is this going to be quick or is this going to be something that slowly over time hopefully in my life i mean see this come to fruition they still don't have their autopilot dealt with on their uh, on their Tesla cars. I think a whole bunch of them just had issues. Maybe with this their is their backup system. plan. Oh, Christ, I hope it's better than their uh, than their launch of the Cybertruck. Um, if that's the if that's the case, I can tell you what, Brian. I won't be going for a brain implant anytime soon. Yeah, Hopefully I'm, I'm well going to be holding off. Yeah, I'm going to be holding off on that. Uh, okay, another thing, Sims Four. They now have customizable pronouns, so you can go oh, through when wow. you create your family and create a person. You can now just put all the pronouns you want them to be rather selecting from a list because that's you know, great there are a million unlimited pronouns um oh man look at that hold on look at this look at this screenshot <laughs> they them are there wow yeah. custom pronouns what pronouns does jesse apple want to identify with wow they that's so and you can put so whatever you want so i mean you can have the sentences go however you feel and as you can see the develop i believe this is a developer here he's got he slash him under his name so obviously that's a big uh, big thing over there for ea right yeah so that's going to be that's going to be happening here uh another thing let's let's cover one more uh esl gaming is now owned by saudi arabia ESL, kind of like the, they, the, like yes, the big ESL the major group? esports host. No yes shit. they are now owned by Saudi Arabia, huh. uh, and the the Saudi Arabia's public investment fund purchased uh, purchased them, and also purchased Face It, which was another uh, esports platform. Hmm. So they're going for esports. I don't. I never thought of Saudi Arabia has like the home of esports, but you never know. Uh, there is a lot of money from oil and things over there. I'm sure that you got some people, you know, uh, group. This group, which is part of the government, purchasing this uh, with that money because they see a future in this, I would assume. I'm, they're, they're probably poising, because right now, uh, esports is probably in the worst spot it's been, right? It ain't hot. No, because people aren't being able to go to live events. So it's probably the cheapest it's ever been. And I bet you they're <laughs> counting on a lot of these regulations falling and, and things starting to change. How do you set yourself up to be ready to take on esports as soon as people can get back into arenas again? Buy it now, right? Yeah. Buy. I mean, the, Deep they discounts. they got into as much of the, pretty much the top pinnacle of esports in a single purchase because nobody's doing esports right now. Hmm. It's a smart purchase they, if they have the money and it's not you know making them lose out on something else by purchasing this. But I think this is kind of a five year investment. I bet you in five years, cool things will be happening with this. Two yeah. years, I bet you we probably won't see cool things from this. Uh, but I mean, they host. Is this? Have, did they save the esports industry? I don't know. I, I mean, mean I, it, I'm kind of curious. Isn't DreamHack ESL? Um, I'm pretty sure yeah, DreamHack they is have, so ESL. ESL. Yeah, ESL is headquartered in Cologne, Germany, and hosts majors, you know, CS:GO, Dota 2, and other esports, as well as DreamHack LAN events. Uh, following a 2020 merger. Hmm. So, and then there's also Face It. So the, and they're doing it as well. So they're definitely going for kind of a 
a theme here. You know, they're going for some goal or else they wouldn't purchase two separate esports. It wasn't a random purchase. Uh, I, I'm thinking that they view that, that esports is going to be big. Yeah, it will be. You know, people, people are wanting to get out. They're going to want to get out and they're going to want to go and, and be face to face again. And I think people are going to be amped up for it. And if they can, you know, they're going to make big money off of this. Uh, if we can get to where people are comfortable going to these type of things in person again, Agreed. or even getting it on live television, it almost got to where these were commonplace on live television before COVID. Happened. Oh yeah. Yeah. They were on ESPN two. They were on ABC. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were all over the place. I, and I think that that's probably going to happen again. I bet you that they're going to push it and put money into it and get to the point where it's on ESPN and it's, it's considered a regular sport. Yeah, I think we are. It was, I felt like it was so close. I mean, it I was like very it was, close before COVID. <laughs> like we were, we're right there. And it just yeah, stopped. I, I, th- I talked about this a whole a while ago, but I just remember being in a bar on a Friday or Saturday night, and you know, yeah. you know sports bars they got a billion TVs, so they've always got like ESPN two or all the, you know all of yep. the sub channels of sports on. And I look up and there's a freaking Overwatch tournament on, and I'm like, damn, that's pretty cool. I ain't never seen an Overwatch tournament on in a bar before. No, nobody's got golf on there for me. You know, I'd yeah, rather watch yeah, exactly. that. I think you're getting a, a lot of the generations now that don't want to watch golf. They don't want to watch baseball. They want to watch something like that. Yeah. And I, I think it's going to get to that point because the generations that were watching those other sports are going away. I mean, just this is yeah, as far as, you know, the, the, the commonplace age is now between my age and your age. Right. I mean, we're pretty much the spread of the dim- demographic that they're aiming well, for. We're also the group that is currently interacting more with the economy. It's, the big demographic is 25 to 54 is yep. the key, to, at least in, in media. That's the key demographic yep. that you want to hit because those are the people that are working. They've got disposable yep. income. They're bringing in money. 20, yep. Yeah. 25 to 54 is your big audience. And, and I would agree. You know, it's, as you get towards the 54, it's just probably a little bit, you know, the golf and yep. things like that are still the priority. But. 25 i would imagine you've got most 25 year olds would be more willing to watch a rocket league or overwatch or uh you know a a, a, league, a league of legends tournament or something like that on tv versus golf potentially i don't know yeah and, and i think once you start seeing video games regularly on you know from these type of things i think you'll start seeing them in other you know for other reasons and yeah. so i i think we're kind of getting to the point where games are just commonly accepted, you know, as part of life where before it was always something kind of, you know, coming in from the outside and people always treated like that, you know, Oh, those gamers. Now the average person, I think over, you know, 50% of your average people there are play games in some way, whether it's on mobile, you know, look at the major mobile numbers. People now consider themselves gamers when 10 years ago, a small fraction would have considered themselves gamers because of the stigma and everything else. Now, uh, people feel like even if they play only mobile games, they consider themselves gamers because you can play games that are pretty intense on a mobile platform now. Or, you know, Switch and all these other things. I just think that, uh, yeah, I I think that we're in a good spot. I'm excited for these type of things and the type of things that we talk about on a regular basis to be a regular part of ESPN, to be a part of, you know, create a whole new gaming network. I mean, we've we've lost so many of them. Uh, There's not really good gaming networks uh what was the one there's one that's kind of crumbling right now because of a lot of politics i think oh g4 IG, yeah the relaunch of g4 is yeah yeah unmitigated disaster which is and exactly just what i would of, have expected i i want to see some ones that don't uh, you know i i enjoy talking politics but if we're going to have something like that that's talking games have one that's neutral because you know what we don't have any that are neutral yeah on, well the, the big controversy television. was that one girl the other day was like you know she's like oh let's talk about the top five things in gaming something about women and gaming. And I was like, are we reliving Gamergate again? Is it 2014? Am I in a time machine? I just, I don't know. All right, Brian, Um, running a little long here. Uh, Anything else that we need to cover before we get out of here? No, I think everything we can say for next week. Got a lot, got a lot of cool content for that. Uh, but if you want to find me at Brian Aldridge on, do you want are we to roll out or anything you want to cover first before we did? No, I think we're good to go. Okay, good. All right. If you want to get me at Brian Aldridge on Gab Parlor and Getter, of course, my blog, biteoftech.com. Uh, go to our website, infectionpodcast.com. Uh, after, right after here, I'm going to fix the link so that you'll see uh, our Discord image. But we'll put a link on there for Discord. And if you join that, we've got a news channel where you can put links for something maybe you think we're missing. Or maybe there's a topic that you think that we have the wrong uh, idea on. Feel free to contact us through Discord. Uh, give us your opinion. 
Uh, also, we have a lot of ARC servers running on there. If you want to play some ARC, we have almost every major map on there uh, and a lot of other channels where you can hang out and chat about various topics. Uh, if you want to watch the show, I encourage you to do that through Twitch, YouTube, BitChute, or DLive, and you can do those live or after the fact. Uh, we also have our audio forms on the lower right, where it's you can, if, whatever device you have, we most likely have a link for that. Desktop apps, all kinds of different ways to the lower right that you can listen. Um, and if you are going to listen, just make sure you go to the particular episode, follow along with some of the show notes. There's a lot of things that we reference, things that we show on the screen that if you're listening, you're going to miss out on. Uh, and we have references to all of those. Um, uh, if you want to support us, you can do that through the support tab up top. Uh, we also have infectionpodcast.com forward slash support. Lots of ways with Subscribestar, Humble Bundle, Amazon, uh, a lot of different ways that you can support us. And thank you very much for the uh, support that people have already given us. Yes, absolutely. I agree with that. Uh, Unicorn Joe and uh, New both saying uh, GG on the show. Thanks, guys. It is greatly appreciated. Uh, Brian, appreciate you as always. And um, we will, uh, will I guess, Lord willing, we'll uh, we'll do it again next Tuesday. All right. Yeah. See if we make it there. Let's go. Yeah. Well, that's always the uh, the big question. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. We'll catch up with you next week. Yeah. We'll see you. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is, as always, Nick Craig. You can uh, check out my daily political antics by heading on over to nickcraig.com. Uh, live on the radio, uh, six to nine a.m. Monday through Friday. And again, all those details on nickcraig.com. You missed any portion of today's program, you can head on over to our website, infectionpodcast.com. Find the show notes, images, links, videos, anything that we showed. Thanks so, Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.